0: pray that you give us clarity tonight even as we study your word in Jesus name amen amen so in 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 the last session as i said we talked about the subject of simplicity how we can live a simple life but at the same time that simplicity is helping us you know to be more intimate with god you know we talked about the father we need to live Remove the clutter from our lives. Because when we remove the clutter, it makes room for us to, all, to be able to be more intimate with God. But apart from being intimate with God is the fact that when we remove the clutter from our lives, it allows the Lord to mold us and to shape us into that character of Christ. Amen. That character of Christ. So that is what we did last week. And this evening we are going to look at about, talk about stillness and solitude. You know, let's turn our Bibles to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. Those that have got your Bibles with you, we're going to read all the 11 verses. But before we do that, I just want to, yeah, somebody can read that for us. But just like Brother Simeon, I'm very passionate about football. You know, I love, I love football a lot. But in the game of football, you're, you, you, you have the goalkeeper, you have the defense, you have the midfield, you have the wingers, and you have the attacking players. But for me, one thing I I like about football is the midfield, because that is where I see to be the engine room. If you have a very good midfield, they determine the pace of the game, whether the game should be fast or should be slow. You know, personally, I'm not a fan of Manchester City, but they are rivals, and because they are rivals, that's what it is. But I think that one of the best midfielders in the world is Kevin Bruyne, No doubt about that. This guy can change a game just easily because he determines the rhythm of the game. Whether the game should be played as, at a fast pace or at a slow pace. You know. So my question to us this evening is that when you look at your life, Do you think that your life is at a fast pace or is it on a slow pace? So on a scale of one to ten, one being slow and 10 being fast, where do you think your life is? Is it slow or is it fast? And if you think that your your life is wherever your life may be, what do you think that you need to do in order for you to improve the pace Of your life, just let that question linger as we continue um, our session this evening. You see, life can be at either a fast pace or a slow pace, and it is the same with our spiritual maturity. It's the same with our walk with the Lord. It can be either slow or it can be fast, and it is important that we know. Where the Lord is in our walk with the Lord to determine which pace we need to run the race. Because other than that, if the Lord wants us to be at pace five and we are in pace one, we will be lacking behind. If he wants us to be at pace five and we are at pace seven, we are ahead of the Lord. We need to be in tune with him. And that is why Jesus said that I only do what I see the father do because he is what? He is in tune with him and he knows what pace the Lord wants him to run the race. Amen. So the rhythm of life is quite important. And Paul, not Paul, David said something in Psalm 46. And in Psalm 46, he broke it down into three sessions. And at the end of each session, he used the word seller. S-E-L-A-H. And seller basically means to stop, to cease, and to pause. You know, sometimes in life, we need to stop. We need to cease. We need to pause and reflect on things. Okay? So turn with me to Psalm 46, and let's see what David used as an illustration of our Christian life and the importance of we learning the virtue of stillness and the virtue of solitude. So if somebody can read for us, just read verses 1 to 3 to begin with for us. God,
1: God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with a swelling. seller.
0: Yeah. So, you see, David used this psalm to describe upheaval that goes on in nature. And he was just trying to tell us that despite... The natural disasters that will happen in the world, despite all the things that can happen that we don't have a control over, what we need to do is that people who claim to be godly, people who claim to know the Lord, need to take time and remember that God is their refuge and what? Their strength, a very pleasant help in time of what? Trouble. So basically, David is saying that there will be natural disasters. There will be there will be things that will happen in life. But if you know your God, all you have to do is not to panic. Because you know the one who is in control. You know the one who is in charge. Sometimes you just need to step back and just reflect on what is going on. Let's, let's continue from verses 6
1: and 7. 6 and 7. The nations raged. The, the nations raged. Mm-hmm. The kingdoms were moved. Mm-hmm. He uttered his voice, and the, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah.
0: Amen. So he's saying that what? The nations rage. At the moment, nations are raging, isn't it? Look at what is happening in Ukraine and Russia. Look at what is going on between China and Taiwan. You know, look at what is going on in Sudan. Nations are raging. And nations will rage because in Matthew, Jesus said to us that in the last days, there will be rumors of war. Nations will rise up against nations. But David is trying to tell us that in the midst of all this that is going on, God is able to protect his own. Amen. I can only imagine how the Christians in Ukraine are feeling right now. In the midst of all this turmoil. But David is saying that the Lord of hosts is with us. In verse 7, the God of Jacob is our refuge. So we don't need to panic. It is a natural thing to panic in the midst of all these things because we are humans. But David is saying, look, when all these things are happening around you, just pause. Just stop and just reflect on who has got your back. Amen. Let's let's continue to the end, please. Verses 8 to 11
1: come behold the works of the lord Mm. who has made desolations in the earth Mm. he makes wars cease to the end of the earth he breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two he burns the chariots in the fire be still and know that i am god i will be exalted among the nations i will be exalted in the earth the lord of hosts is with us the god of jacob is our refuge seller.
0: Amen. Amen. You see, even at times of war, I mean, God's people are being told to stop. We should stop striving, you know, and we should do nothing. We should just be quiet. He says that be still and know that what I am God. And that is the opposite reaction, really, because. In life, you would think that when things are happening, that is when we need to also do something. Okay, that is where you've got to do something. But, you know, that is why Bible says that God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confine the wise. Because in the world, you know, if you want to be the boss, you need to do what? You need to lord it over others. But Jesus said that in order for you to be the head, you need to be first What? As a servant, you need to be what? You need to serve. It is opposite what the world desires. And in the same way, David is trying to remind us that in this world, when things are happening, people's reaction will be one of panic, one of strife, one of upheaval, one of unrest, one of, of, no, I need to stay on top of what is going on. But he said for us to pursue spiritual maturity, then we need to do what? We need to do opposite what our minds is telling us, opposite what our feelings are telling us, opposite what the world wants us to do. Rather, we need to pause and reflect. And think about who is actually got our back or who is actually in control. And if you know that it is God who is in control, you will not panic in the midst of the chaos, you will not panic in the midst of the upheaval, you will not panic in the midst of the uncertainty. So, in order for us not to miss the opportunity to deepen our knowledge of who God is. You know, we talked about the fact that. Simplifying our lives will give us the opportunity to draw closer to the Lord. But we cannot, what? Simplify our lives without being disciplined. And discipline, discipline our lives means what? Being still before the Lord. Yeah? Being still before the Lord. And we heard on Sunday the testimony of our dear sister Sophie. You know, sometimes when we come before the Lord in prayer we are in a hurry to just bring our petitions and just go. And it is easy for us to come before the Lord and because we've got so many other things to do. We are not in a place of stillness to even wait to hear from what? From the Lord. But David is trying to encourage us today that in order for us to be like Christ, we need to learn to what? to discipline ourselves. Let's take, for example, the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus had a very busy ministry. He had a very busy life, didn't he? He did. But despite the busyness, Bible says that he always made time to do what? To be alone with God. Bible says that early before morning, he will rise up and go to what? A quiet place and do what? And seek the Lord. Because he knows that life can be too busy, and we can all attest, life sometimes can be so busy that we don't have time to be to be still before the Lord. In John chapter one, the verse fourteen, the Bible says this: It says, "And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father." full of grace and truth. You see, when we are still before the Lord, we allow the Holy Spirit to be able to reveal things to us. Because in the midst of the busyness, in the midst of the haste, we don't take time to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us. Because things can crowd our attention. Things can crowd our judgment. And that is how the world wants things to be. Just take, for example, you are even watching just telly, the number of advertisements that you are bombarded with. Or take, for example, even the billboards around us. (laughs) The other time, a colleague was telling me that, oh, I was searching something on the internet. And then afterwards, I kept receiving all these notifications (laughs) on my phone about things that I've not even research on. That is how the world is heading towards now. They want to what? Preoccupy you. They want to make sure that you are always what? Busy. You've always got something to do and you don't have time to be still before the Lord. For the Lord to reveal and clarify the meaning of things to us things that pertains to life, things that will change our character, things that will change our nature. So the question then is, it says the word became flesh and it dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. Jesus is now dwelling in us. He is the flesh that has what? is dwelling in us. The flesh is no longer that baby Jesus. That is lying in a manger somewhere. The word of God is in us and the word of God is Jesus. So the flesh of Jesus is dwelling within us. So if the word of Jesus, uh, the word of God being Jesus is dwelling among us, it says it was full of what? Grace and truth. So the glory of the Lord must begin to be reflective in our lives. And when it is reflective in our lives, That is where the character of Christ will be seen. That is where the truth of God's word will begin to bring liberation to us. So the question then is, how do we remain still before the Lord? How do we remain still before the Lord? Let's look at a few examples. A few examples of stillness before the Lord. For example, not talking to God, but quietly listening. How many of us are good listeners? You are not bragging; it's just a statement of fact. How many are good listeners? Yes. Anybody else? Yeah. I can see a few hands. Good listeners? No. No. <laughs> Sorry, it depends on the situation. You like to talk. You like to talk more than listening. Okay. Yeah. So. In order for us to what? to learn stillness, we must learn to do less talking and more listening. Yeah? That is why the Lord gave us one mouth and gave us two ears. Because he wants us to do what? He wants us to listen more. Amen. So developing stillness means what? We must learn to do what? We must learn to talk less and to listen more. Right? Not worrying but simply trusting. <laughs> How many of us can say we don't worry? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
2: So I'll sleep off. So I don't know. Is there s- ah. <laughs> I said every time I try to be still. I sleep off. So, (laughs) my question, is there a special way to be still?
0: (laughs) Okay. That's a very good question. Yeah, it is a very good question. Is there a special way to be still? I don't think there is a special way to be still. The stillness is all to do with not a state. We will come to that. You've jumped ahead of us, but we will come to that. The stillness is not to do with stillness of body. It's to do with the stillness of the heart and of the mind. So if you end up dozing off, it is possible that your body is exhausted, but your spirit can still be alive for the Holy Spirit to minister to you. But then if you notice that persistently you are dozing off when you are meant to be still and listening... It could be the work of the enemy. So we need to rebuke that. Because obviously the enemy knows that you are, in, you, you are at a place where the Lord is about to reveal something to you. You know, that is why the Bible says, well, the body, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is what is weak. So it will be a case of maybe strategizing. At what time do you pray? Is it when maybe you are too tired? when maybe at the end of the day's work your body is so exhausted you don't have the strength and you are waiting on the lord you will doze off but when you are at a point where you, are, you you are refreshed maybe you've had a nap a power nap and you are refreshed you are active it's unlikely to be, you will be able to doze off amen yeah but it's a very good question yeah it's not just you there are many people like that but they wouldn't admit it they wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't admit it, you know. And even it's it's not just about the place of prayer, but sometimes even studying God's word, you realize that you begin to doze off. You begin to doze off because, well, the body might be tired at that time. Also, is the plan of the enemy because he knows that you are, what, trying to be intimate with the Lord. You are trying to get closer to the Lord. And as you desire to be close to him, he will do everything possible to stop you from developing that what? That intimacy with the Lord. So, yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> so, the next thing that will enable us to remain still before the Lord is what? Not worrying, but what? Trusting. You know, it is an easy tendency for us to worry. So, for example, you've woken up and you don't know what to do. Or maybe there is a situation that you don't know the answer to it, it's easy for you to worry. But Jesus wants us to trust him, okay? He wants us to learn to trust him. So we come to the Lord and say, Father, you know, this, I've got my dissertation, I've got my viva, I've got this issue. I don't know what to do, but I'm leaving it in your care. All right, I am trusting you. I'm trusting you to take care of it. The Bible says that who by worrying will be able to add a single strand of hair to their hair? You can't. When you worry, you deprive yourself of the peace of God. When you worry, you deprive yourself of what? Of trusting God. When you worry, you deprive yourself of being at that place where you'll be able to receive of the Lord. When you worry, you're basically telling God that you want to do things Yourself. That is where self comes in. It's no longer dependency on God, it becomes dependency on ourselves. Not constantly reviewing our needs and fears by giving them over to God without instruction. He already knows, He does not need clarification. <laughs> Remember on Sunday when we we're talking about prayer, we talked about the Father. You know, before we ask, the Lord already knows. So when we come before God, just state the fact. Don't begin to add to it. Oh, God, you know, I haven't got any money in my account. But you know, already, Sister Titi wants me to buy this. Sister Olade's birthday is coming. You know, Shiji wants to go on a trip, and then you begin to clarify, and you go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. That is what? You constantly review your needs. Bible says that he knows your needs even before you ask it. So when you come before God, tell God, God, I need finances for the needs that is before me. He already knows the needs. I know sometimes we need to be specific in our prayers. Because it's important you are specific. Because if you are vague, then what are you asking the Lord for? Lord, Lord, I need fees for, sc- I need money for school fees. I need money for trainers. It's being specific. But sometimes when people come before the Lord, we like to sugarcoat things. We like to, um, the Bible calls it, hmm? what's the word? You've all forgotten, you know, when he says that don't be like the hypocrites when you come to the, the Lord in prayer, because what they think that by what, always repeating, yeah. vain, what? vain words, vain words. You know, you 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 are babbling over the same thing over and over and over and over as if you want to clarify it for God because you think God doesn't know, He already knows your needs. And they're not figuring out the answers and proper solutions by simply waiting on the Lord. Sometimes we come before God and we are waiting on Him and we already have an answer and we want the Lord to just endorse it. Don't figure out the answer, just leave. Him, leave the page blank and allow the Lord to provide the answer. And not working on, sorry, not working on or out our perfection before God, but accepting God's imputed perfection on on us. You know, the Pharisees and the scribes, they, they like to do that a lot. You remember the prayer in the temple when he came and he said, Lord, I'm not like this, I'm not like him. I give what? I give that, I give that, I give that. Even you remember the story of the centurion who came to Jesus. The Jews were telling Jesus, he's this, isn't it? He said, oh, this guy, he's helped us do this for the the, the people of Israel. But then, when Jesus was going to the centurion's house, the centurion said what? He says, Lord, I am not worthy for you to do what? to come to me. <laughs> Men were praising him, but he knew the state of his life and of his heart. You know, many at times, people, we like to impute perfection upon us. Oh God, I do this. I do that. I do that. I do that. Allow God to impute the perfection of Christ upon you because he knows you better than you know everyone else. Amen. He says, be still and know that I am God. Our stillness, as I said, is not stillness of the body. We are not monks. Yeah. Do we know who a monk is, CG? Yeah. Yeah. It's not just, monks are not just related to Christianity. Yes. yeah so they are very religious figures you know not just related to Christianity but Hindu Buddhism and and other religions you know they devote themselves specifically for for their faith we are not monks so our life is not a place of stillness our life in terms of David saying that be still and know that I'm God is basically to do with the state of your heart and the state of of your mind. Amen. Let's continue and then we'll do some discussion quickly before we con- uh, we conclude. So the question then is, if simplicity is a hallmark for intimacy with God, then how can we be still before God? In order for us to be still before God, we need to be solitude. And solitude is to do with being alone with God. Amen. Being alone with God. Solitude enables us to be able to to be alone with God, enables us to be able to come before God, not worrying about anything else that is going on. A book that once was written by Charles Swindell, he said that people rarely learn something whilst in a crowd, People rarely learn something whilst in the crowd. What basically he's saying is that, you know, in order for us to purposely learn something, we need to come out of the busyness of life. Okay, come out from among them and spend time alone with 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 God. Just as I said earlier on, Jesus was a very busy man. He was a man in demand, but he did not allow any situation or anybody to stop him from being alone with what? With God. He always devoted that time consistently to be alone with God. Why? Because he wanted to know what is on his father's heart. He wanted to listen to what the father has to say. He wanted to see what the father was doing so that when he goes out, he'll be able to do the same thing. So don't be afraid of being alone with God and don't be afraid of being still before the Lord. Because when we learn these two virtues, it helps us to Wait on the Lord to hear from the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth of God's word to us. But when we are too busy and the Lord speak, we will miss it. Why? Because we've not what? Spent time to be alone with him. So how do we develop that place of solitude? These are some practical examples we can, we can do. Pick a time and a place where you can be alone for let's say just half an hour okay pick a time or a place where you can be alone for just half an hour and at best bring a notebook and a pen with you you know one thing that pastor chris always stresses is that when he's he's always got a notebook and a pen by his bed so that when he dreams he writes it down and it is a very useful thing to do you know I've also got a notebook, several notebooks and pens in, in my cabinet next to my bed. But in order to practice being alone with God, the purpose is what? To know God's mind and to hear from him. So when you set that time apart, make sure that you've got something to record what the Lord is saying to you. Because otherwise you will forget. We are human beings. We do forget. And the second thing you need to do is that you need to empty your mind. Okay? Empty your mind. It's easier said than done. But sometimes when we are in the place of being alone with God, then the thoughts begin to come. Oh, have I turned the cooker off? Oh, have I put in the clothes in the washing machine? Oh, did I do this? Did I do that? Oh, the children, have I ironed their school uniform? And then the enemy begins to do what? Bring things in your mind to remind you of what ought to be done or what you've not done. But when we are practicing solitude with God, being alone with God, after we've picked the time and the place, we need to make sure that we empty our thoughts. We empty our minds of any family obligation, any work obligation, any problems, any plans, any project, anything we have. Empty it so that we can have a quiet mind. Before the Lord. And then finally, just write down whatever dialogue the Holy Spirit begins to impress upon your heart and upon your mind during that time of what? Of solitude. You are just writing your thoughts down. Amen? So, I will wrap that up. Let's do some discussion. I've got four questions here. We'll go through that quickly, and we are going to put into practice what we have heard today. Let's see how many of us will be be good at practicing some stillness. Amen? So let me give you a minute just to reflect on these questions, and then we are going to practice some solitude, some quietness with the Lord. know the problem with with our lack of 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 stillness and our lack of solitude is the fact that with the more busy we become the more worrying we become the more preoccupied we become you know can be a sign of fear and a sign of insecurity do you understand me because you are worried, you are fearful because you are occupying yourself with so many things. You, 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 you are insecure. Why? Because you don't know who has got your back. My Bible says that they don't know their God. They work strong and they do exploit. So if you, you truly know that God is your God, you will learn to what? You will learn to be still. You will learn to spend time alone. With him, So our first question is this, on a scale of 1 to 10, how will you rate your pace of life? Do you, do you think that your life is at a fast pace or a slow pace? Or do you think that you are satisfied with the pace at which life is going on for you? There's no right or wrong answer, it's just you being frank and sharing with us. How things are with you? Yeah, Sister Titi is going to set the ball rolling for us. <laughs> this <sister> is Titi. <laughs>
3: Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, on a scale of one to ten, uh, how would you rate the pace of your life? To be very sincere with you, Pastor, I really won't say I have a particular pace because. I've known what it's like to really hunger for something and I felt like I was running ahead. Then I realized that, no, this can't work. I needed to be where God wants me to be. Mm -hmm. So I think at this moment, right now, I think I'm exactly where where God wants me to be. Some things are not going the way I would have wanted it to be. Like I might desire something, but I just felt this is where God wants me to be. Mm -hmm. So, but if I want to answer it like, Human being, so you're not spiritual being. Maybe I'll say I'm on a six or seven, which I'm very satisfied with actually.
0: Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, anybody else wants to share something with us? <laughs> <laughs> Sister you wants to share with us. I didn't put the mic. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. You want to know. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's hired a lawyer <laughs> it yeah it's on yes.
4: my my pace of life is i i was um actually it will be i think a five i could give a five because um i was backsliding and uh God has given me the grace now to spend time with him mm. and uh, started fasting after a long time. And uh, now I'm knowing God. I picked up from the place I left off. Mm. And now I think God is showing me things and, and teaching me things, which means I still got another five to go mm. to get satisfied. Amen. <laughs> Yeah. So,
0: thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sister Ayo wants to speak. Yeah. Um,
5: with um the paste, I'll say, paste is um. at a point I would say I was just going on. At a point, I would say I wasn't where I wanted to be. In the beginning, I was like, okay, we got, I'm on fire. Yes, this is it. Then later, I just realized I was just. You know when you feel oh this is where you are and then you're like you're not actually where you want to be and you <clears> reflect back and you're like no you're not what you think you are so i saw that in me and i but in in the midst of it all i've developed a very grateful heart which my question is i'm going to throw a question back that is it a good thing when you feel you are too con- is it bad to feel that you are content and around you people are wondering that why are you content with art or shouldn't you ask for more but deep in your soul you're like I'm grateful because I know he that is on my like the, on the driver's seat will surely get me to where I'm going mm. so I'll say I'm on five but because I trust who that is driving my my
6: journey
0: Thank you very much for sharing that. You like to answer her question for her.
2: I answer. I want to ask: Is it the pace with God or general life?
0: (laughs) 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 People are asking for clarity. How
3: will you rate the pace of your
0: life? How will you rate the pace of your life? The pace of your life. (laughs) <laughs>
2: okay, for me, I think that rating my the pace of my life mm. comparing myself with my father or parents, I would say that my pace is fast, and sometimes I get scared because i knew I know that my dad is very intelligent, but it mm. is till he died his pace of life was not the way it's supposed to be so sometimes i feel like maybe i know that it's a spiritual battle so sometimes i i get scared that hope i'm not too fast and these people will just drag me down but then one day i just perceive the holy spirit tell me that my pace is fast because i'm not flying on my wings and that is why i can't be pulled down but the moment i start flying on my wings then i should know that they will definitely cut down my
0: wings Mm. amen Amen. That's, that's a very great word of encouragement. It's always good for you to... That, that is what spiritual maturity or attaining godliness is all about. It's your walk with the Lord. And God is the one that is able to impress upon your heart through the Holy Spirit where you are and what you ought to be doing. You know, So you are riding on the wings of the Lord. And if the Lord is taking you through that season that you go with the flow. And if the Lord begins to slow you down, you go with the flow as well. Amen. And in just coming to our sister um, Ayo's question, you remember um, the Bible says, Paul wrote to Timothy, he said that contentment with what? With godliness is what? Is great gain contentment with godliness godliness is what attaining that that place of spiritual maturity with god so if you are where you think that god is satisfied with me and he's satisfied with what he has given me then you will not be anxious you will not be worried you will not be looking at others and thinking oh these guys have arrived and i haven't You know, because the the, the most important thing is that each one has a race to run. My race is different from your race and yours is different from mine. But if I begin to look at your race and I want to run at the pace you are running, I might end up burning out or failing. But if you are the place where you feel that, yes, this is where the Lord wants me to be. You know, there are many people that are very rich today but they are not happy, they are not satisfied. You know, many people are in professions that are not the professions they chose for themselves. They are professions that probably their, their parents chose for them or society expected them to be in, and they are not happy. But if you are where you feel that your strength has taken you, but if you know that you, there is more in your tank and you can go the extra mile, and you are being lazy and lackadaisical, then, obviously, you've got an answer to answer the Lord when the time comes. Amen. Amen. For the sake of time, we'll just we'll quickly move on, We'll quickly move on. Um, sec- the second question says that in your opinion, what is the number one factor that determines the pace of your life? What determines, what is the factor, what determines the pace of your life? I want somebody who is not spoken to speak. Yes. It's got to be Jesus.
7: Sorry. For me, it's Jesus. The minute I wake up, that's the first thing. He's the first person I I talk to. Mm. Before I talk to anybody in the house or go out in the street, get on the bus, whatever, it's the first person. And I always say, Lord, what plans do you have for me today? Mm. That's my first point of contact every morning. Yeah, because I know one morning I'm not going to wake up, but he's going to be there,
0: mm.
7: and it's I'm I'm aware of that, and I don't know will it be this week? Will it be next week? So I'm in daily conversation. What what would you like me to do today? You know mm. what can I do for you today? You know, and sometimes he'll say to me, "Today you won't be doing anything. Today you're going to have some godly rest." Mm. And my flesh wants to go out and do stuff, but I'm obedient. And whenever I'm obedient, there is always a blessing in it. But that's my first, that's my first point of contact uh, the minute I open my eyes. The second will be my Bible, and then things are revealed to me. You know. But that is genuinely what I do every morning.
0: Amen. Thank you for sharing. Anybody else who wants to share anything? Yes, brother Ola. Praise God. Hallelujah.
8: The the question <laughs> in my opinion was the number one factor at the time the pace of my life. All right, um, God's factor is key to my existence because in him I found purpose and if he's deciding at some point <clears throat> if he's deciding at some point that I should rest then I'll rest. But if you keep bringing ideas, there's more to do. And that is wrapping up on the first question where I think I've I've gotten close to that point in life where I need to start building the system because I can't do everything that God has been dropping and dropping and dropping in me. And um, he's he's the determiner. Mm -hmm. And it feels like I'm running fast with so many ideas concurrently. I need people to really achieve and um, to um, live what the ideas that God has deposited. So I think God is just overwhelming. Amen. (laughs) Amen.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Anybody else want to share anything before we move on? So God is the determining factor for us. So with, with all the encouragement and proofs of God's care, why do you think that so many believers do not tend to the Lord as the first point of call in times of need? Why do we think that many Christians do not tend to God as the first point of call? Yeah, I can see an, an anxious hand here. Somebody willing to talk. Yeah, not, not anxious, yes. An eager hand, an eager hand, that's the word. Yes. Is that TT wants to say something?
3: <laughs> okay, so uh, I think, okay, that question is something I've thought about sometimes a lot. And um, I feel sometimes some Christians or as Christians unconsciously, we treat God as a figurehead. We believe in him. We know God exists. But most time we we are so unconscious about it that sometimes we want to figure out. Oh, I'm sick, and we're trying to figure it out in my head. Um, I'm, I'm having this finances issue. I'm trying to figure. it Then most time when we realize that we have gotten to the point I we can't just do it again. That's when we now we turn back to God, and God is just like, "Where have you been all this while?" So you've been stressing yourself. So mm-hmm. I think one thing I try to do for myself is for you to be so conscious about me. So when I have an issue when I'm planning, I always say something that it's always good to pray ahead of a journey. So that always helped me. when I know that, okay, I have a journey that I'm about to, not like physical journey mm. or any kind of journey or something, I start praying ahead of it. That, that I'm already putting God ahead of it. That, okay, God is already taking care of it. So most of the time, I don't now, when I start the journey, I don't even face about battle or face issue because I feel prayers have already gone ahead. So that's it for me, actually. Mm.
0: Thank you. Thank you. question.
2: <laughs> Please do. So before I answer my, my before I answer, yeah. I have a question to ask you. You see on Sunday.
0: Yeah.
2: Can we ask Sunday questions? Yes, yes,
0: feel free. He told
2: us that we should when we're doing our father that we should align our plans with God's plans. Okay. So before I go out sometimes or before I do any experiments, sometimes mm. I will tell God, okay, God, what should I do? I will not hear anything. So I don't do that anymore. But then Ever since you preached on Sunday, so I will now tell God that God, okay, what am I going to do? I come in today to you and I pray that my plan aligns with your plan. I realize that it's bad things that be happening
0: to me. <laughs> challenging <laughs> things. Like challenging yeah. things. Mm-hmm.
2: Ah, yesterday when I prayed that prayer, when I got to my told God that ah, and they said we should pray this prayer, but it's not what I expected. I said, okay, let me try again and pray today. Today again. Today was not even. I even cried today. So I want to ask you. I know that you are not God. <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: but do you have an idea what happened? What is happening? Because what say, what is real. Like, and it's true. Is real, real, yes, it's true. Do <laughs> you have an idea what is happening? Yeah. And now, to now answer this question. Mm. Okay, so part of the challenging thing that happened to me today, I'll, I'm not going to say what happened, but when it happened, I was supposed to normally pray to God. But then I realized that I was calling people that could help. But later, when I was coming to church, or later, when I was going home, I just had to carry my bag to leave work because I, I could not focus. I was not like, ah. Thank God, forgive me. I'm going to tell all the humans, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I'm just
2: coming to you. <laughs> so, I now realize that maybe because we just feel it's God and we can't see Him, and unconsciously we just feel that it's humans that can help. Maybe that's why we go to humans before talking to God. Mm. But please answer my
0: question. <laughs> okay, Dr. Lola will help with, with, with your first question. <laughs> <laughs>
7: um,
3: I I think I can identify with what she said earlier, Mm. that when you're trying to do the right thing, sometimes it feels like you're faced with challenges at the time. And that in itself can derail you from focusing. Mm. And I think no matter what the situation is, you should always put God first. Okay, I, I think it's just the enemy trying to push you away from the will of God and doing the right thing. So I think you just have to remember who you are in
5: Christ, and just trust Him. Uh, that's what I would say. Um, we, what you said. Um, I think my testimony came from one day that I was teaching the children recently mm. in Sunday school, and I said to them that even during bad times, mm. let's see that because God, we say God is good. Mm. And his plans for us is always good and is right for us. That even when bad things are happening, that what lesson do you want me to learn from this? And I got home that week and I just had to meditate on that word because I told the children, I said, You were actually talking to yourself. Mm. You've told little children that even when you fall down, God, why did I fall down? Is it to stop me from getting. a a worse accident thanking God in everything so I had to meditate on yes it's tough it is really tough and that is and I said God that is where I want to be That even when it's happening even this week it has happened to me for the past two weeks I've been praying for some I've turned to human and I'm like getting upset and I said to myself this week I said Father forgive me Mm. because you will not share your glory with anyone and I just sat down yesterday. In the, my mind was not what I've been thinking of you know, for the past two weeks. And what I was asking God for came on the plateau of gold in front. And I was like, no, God. So in, in, in that means, less, that, that's why we say your presence, let it continually be with us. Mm. In Jesus' name.
0: Okay. There seems to be a lot of interest here. Yeah. Okay.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah, I needed to take permission to
5: speak.
1: <laughs> um, Yeah, um, I really identify with uh, what a lot of people have said tonight. But what I, I think really is the thing is when we're faced with such um, things, I feel it's God testing us to see if we will actually trust in Him. Mm. Even when things are seeming as if they're not going the way we want it to be. He wants us to still be, you know, um, trusting him. And I found out like um, when things like that happen to me, even when I still just continue to just trust him. At that point in time, it might not be exactly what I'm thinking. But at the end of the day, one way or another, it makes a way. So I think the the bottom line is just to keep trusting, no matter what it is. You know, like um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said to the king, even if we get burnt in this fire, we will still not bow down to you. I I pray that God gives me that kind of uh, faith, because I know it takes a lot to be able to get to that stage many a times, Mm. because we are only human anyway. Mm. But I I think the bottom line is just keep trusting, and it will always surely come, come through for us.
0: Okay. So I've got Raqqa and then uh, brother Abraham. Pastor Abraham and then um Ola in that in that succession. Yeah.
9: Okay, so I think for me when when someone is trying to break a very bad news to you, it kind of feels like it's very raw and it feels like you're naked. It's like you have it's like it's literally bare, right? And what I would always say, like God go before me, hold on to my heart you know, give me strength to actually receive the news. And recently, because I failed my placement, what I would always feel, and, you know, I prayed, In I went to the toilet first <laughs> because I literally just need to just kind of like talk and be like, God, please help me. So when I received the news, it literally felt like, fair enough, the ba- the, the news is bad, but it literally felt like someone's holding on to my heart. So I think, yeah, like what Brother Simone says, just keep, trusting him and know that he's going to hold on to your heart and just to make sure that, you know, whatever it is that you're going through, even the storm or everything like that, is, he's, he's totally with you all through and through. Yeah, that's what I learned.
0: Thank you. So
10: it's just a quick one. Um, I believe it all boils down to relationship. If um, I'll take two examples, um, um, a husband and a wife. They are in strong relationship. They're talking to each other. And then suddenly at night, you began to hear some sounds. A burglary. You know, the way there was a burglary taking place. You now People were breaking into the house. What are you going to do? You're going to call your husband. The first thing. Because you're in relationship. And he's there with you. You're not going to say, oh, let me call this. He's got a gun in at home. You're going to call him. S- somebody, somebody at the door. Now, let's now go to families now. I have a relationship with my kids. Dad, that he's going to call dad because there's a relationship. I love him so much. He knows I'm going to do something about it. So I will say, how is your relationship with him? If, if you are hearing him every day, like today now, I went out and I was coming back. The Lord was speaking to me. He was correcting me on certain things. And I was saying, Lord, I'm sorry. I won't do that again. So that's relationship. So we need to go back to our relationship with him. The kind of love we had with him. The first love. Once we get back there, things will become easy.
8: Thank you you so much uh, for saying that. Um, I'm just going to pick it up from relationship. First, I'll read a comment on um, Zoom. It says, relationship with God is the one ordering the steps and so determines the pace. That's um, Immaculate M on Zoom. And back to me, um, for me, uh, I think something is working specially for me and each time anything happens, I'll immediately something in the Bible, a story in the Bible, a character in the Bible comes into play, because I see the Bible as a reflection. There's nothing hmm, that has happened hmm, that has not happened in the Bible. There's nothing that will happen that the story is not in the Bible. So it's just so it comes so easy. There's a confirmation. So I want to give a very um, smart um, example. It's. My wife, and, and when we finished school, she finished school, she got an offer. So, we've been praying and trusting God to teach, to be a lecturer. She got that offer, and um, there is this condition attached to it that you have to be a Lagosian. And she's got Lagos on her profile, but our origin, it is state of origin, not state of birth. So, our origin is not Lagos. We rejected the offer based on that, because we can't claim Lagos. Of course, we wanted it, but we know that does not align to be lying. And our Christian, our faith does not align with it. In fact, some of the committee members said that we can do it, we can make in me or not. Well, said, no, we don't want anything that will have consequences later. And honestly, if she has taken that job, she won't be here. It will be more difficult how to join me in the UK. So I think we should always check back the laws, Old Testament laws. If there's anything that has happened wrong, see the case of David, if he did something wrong, God corrected it for him and helped him take away the, the stigma forever. And then it is true, the same woman that she, she committed adultery with, that the lineage of Jesus came through. The wisest man that ever existed. What was, was the first time? Can't, the son that came through. That, um, that's um, that particular um, woman that's um, where I wife. And um, there are quite a lot of things. If we study the scripture clearly, you will see God speaking to you every moment. Because there will always be a reference point. Praise God.
3: I think what's really worked for me is word of God. There is always a word for every situation. So I think for Sister Lady that was really asking a question, I think for her, it's just because you just make the declaration on Sunday, someone said this, and he said, oh, I want to go with God's way." Of course, the devil is, they said the devil is like a roaring lion looking for to divine. So he also is also in consciousness of it. So I think one of the things you can do is just to deal with it spiritually. But one, you can always bind the devil with your words. So when you know that you've already declared the word of God, that I'm going to do God's will, and the devil is also coming with distraction. So even before you take, take that step, you could pray ahead of it, and that really works well for you. Just pray ahead of it. Then God will always give you a word. So even in the midst of, the tribulation, just keep holding on to God's word. You know, most times the tribulation will not will look opposite to the God's word, but keep holding on to God's word. At some you just see that all things are working together for your own good. That's what the word of God says. So that's it for me.
0: Amen. And then, just finally, to encourage you, you know, um, <laughs> and also finally to encourage you, you know. There is always, when you are always on the right track, when you are always on the right track with the Lord, the enemy will always kick back. You know, so don't let that discourage you. Let that rather strengthen your faith to pray more and to trust more and to be more intimate with the Lord. And then you will see the breakthrough. Because in, in as much as you are beginning to see all the challenges, it could be God's way of clearing things that you are not even aware of ahead of you. At the moment, as um, Titi said, it might seem like, oh, things are contrary to what you have prayed or believed. But it might be God's way of clearing things. And when the picture becomes clearer, you realize that, oh, okay. So that's why I went through that turbulence. That's why I went through that that rain. That's why I went through that storm and I went through that fire. And it will begin to make sense. But don't don't give up. Don't relent, persist, and hold on to God's word. Amen. Great. So finally, I know time is fast. spent, but finally, what are some of the things that stops us from being alone with God? As for this one, everybody needs to give an answer. There are so many answers. What are, what are the things that stops us from what, being alone with God? rock. Sorry? Um,
9: Like, I think we've discussed about this before, but I think for me, I don't know about anyone, like laptop, my tablet, you know, just technology stuff, because for some reason it kind of distracts you from a lot of things instead of, fair enough, it's good to watch, you know, sermons, but then it's... It's so different when you actually read your own. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like, oh, gosh, why am I actually in the toilet with my phone? Mm. It, it feels weird. Like, oh, my gosh, ew, that story. But, um, yeah.
0: Thank you. Yes. Yes, Jamie. <laughs>
11: um, for me, I think it's sleep, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, because sometimes I wake up in the morning and... I want to spend time with God, and I find myself like dozing off. So I have to like get um, some herbal tea or something just to keep me awake so that I can spend time with God and then pray. And there was a time before I actually said to God, this one week, I'm going to be waking up at 5 o'clock and pray. I did that for two days, and then the rest of the days, I was waking up at 7 and 8, so it didn't go according to... So I was just like, I'm not going to make those promises anymore. I'm just going to pray, Holy Spirit, wake me up in the morning to have time with God and spend um, um quality time in His presence before starting my day, because that is very important as well. Before we go out, before we go about our day or go to work or anything, yeah, to just have that um time we've got. So for me, it is sleep, but I found a way to combat that. Yeah, it's quite helpful for me.
0: Great, thank you. Yeah,
4: I'm <laughs> <laughs> I I think for me it's sleep, but actually I I I don't think it is sleep because the moment you say tomorrow I'm going to wake up at five o'clock and pray. um you, at uh, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock itself, you'll keep awake. He'll wake you up. The devil will wake you up 2, 3 o'clock. So then you're awake till 4.45. And then 5 o'clock, sound sleep. <laughs> sound sleep. So I've experienced this. I knew that the, the devil is trying to play games with me. Mm-hmm. Because um, I, I just set the time and I think, okay, I'll get up. I will get up before that. Then I thought, okay, let me use. I tried all that. Uh, let me use three o'clock because back home in India, I used to wake up three o'clock and pray. My prayer time used to be three to six. And, uh, and it went on to eight as well because I was at home and um, uh, housewife. So I used to sp- uh, spend a lot of time with the Lord and pray. But then when I thought, okay, you're playing games with me, I'll play games with you. When he used to wake me up at 2 o'clock, i will start praying that time. Okay, that's the time I got up. I know you're going to put me to sleep at 4.45. So, <laughs> so okay, I'll use the time that you woke me up. But the trouble is, uh, again, he'll say, okay, you have to get up from your bed and brush your teeth. And then, you know, give respect for God and sort of going with a dirty mouth. So, (laughs) uh, and I used to feel lazy to get up and go brush up and then come back and pray. So I, I used to think, okay, in my bed I used to pray. Like that a lot of time, then the Lord says, even though you say that time which you're going to wake up, And if he's putting you to sleep, just jump up from bed. And doesn't matter how tired you are, trust God that he can take your tiredness and give you strength. Then I said, okay, Lord, I will do that. And, 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 And this was going on for a very long time. Two days I'll wake up, I'll be very fervent in prayer. Third day, fall again. Again, get up. And I used to get disgusted with myself, thinking I'm not able to do what, what God wants me to do and um, like this continuously doing and God says you're an overcomer I've called you to overcome so the thing is you're trusting your sleep you're trusting the devil but you're not trusting me can't I give you that rest once you come and you start praising God can't I give you that rest definitely I can take all that sleep I can give you, give you back strength So then I started, I said, okay, Lord, even if I'm feeling sleepy, I'll just jump from from bed and go and brush up and, and come into your presence. When I started doing that, then I was able to overcome. Then first day, three days, and then the fourth day, more tired. But I said, no, I'm going to jump up. And started doing that, 16 days, 18 days, it went like that. And then after that, the devil got fed up. And he, he leaves you. So I think <laughs> I think he doesn't leave you. He'll still tempt you. Yeah. But then you got some strength to say, yes, I can trust God. Mm. And um, I'm okay now. But, well, God, God is my strength. I don't trust my strength. I trust God. So that, that's what a, a believer is supposed to overcome. If we can't fight the flesh, if we are not dead in the flesh, if we don't put your flesh to death, then you're no good for the kingdom of God. That's what God made me understand that. He says, you, if you trust me and, you know, I died for you. So then God spoke to me through that thing that he died and he rose again. So we got to die in the flesh. And unless you die to that I, I and your strength and your this, you cannot please God. Mm. So then God brought me to that understanding and it took a long time yeah. for that. Okay. So I think that's the uh, secret of uh, <laughs> waking up. Because the enemy learns, learns your mind, your weakness. He knows where you are weak. He knows where to touch you and that you will, you know, because especially when God wants to use you, that's the time the enemy knows and he will give you deep sleep. If you're a lover of sleep, if you're a lover of something else, he will tempt you in that. Each man and woman has different weaknesses. yeah. So he will get you in your weakness, but then God has called us to overcome.
0: Amen. Thank you. We'll take the final one from Jimmy. I think I saw Jimmy's hand and then... We'll wrap up. I think time is fast spent.
11: Yes, when Auntie was talking there's something that actually came to mind. So when for me, my sleep routine is so I don't know, I wake up in intervals during the evening. I don't sleep for full six hours or eight hours. I wake up sometimes at two, wake up at four and then wake up at six or wake up at one wake up at three and then wake up at five so what i started doing was using those time to pray and then if i do off that's fine and so again wake up early maybe at six or seven and then have time with god as well so i think that actually um was better when i started doing that instead of just wake up during the evening and just lie down there on my phone or something like that yeah so that's what I started doing
0: yeah I think the most important thing is that we each and every one what might work best for me might not work for you because in terms of people's you know we live in a society these days some people do night shift others do day work so we've got to work out the time with the Lord that best suits our itinerary and ourselves. But the most important thing is that we don't allow things to stop us from being alone with God. You know, the Bible says we should not gratify the desires of the flesh. The flesh will do everything to stop you. But then, through the enablement of the Holy Spirit, we are what we are—more than overcomers. Start small. Start somewhere, and you realize that with persistence, there is with persistent training. Persistent practicing. That is where the, the first lesson we did, the discipline comes in. You discipline yourself and you realize that you will overcome. So we'll take the last contribution if we can and then we'll wrap up. I know people are mindful of their parking and, and things, yeah.
6: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, my own contribution form is from the stillness, being still with God. Sometimes my days can be busy with children around and everything like that. So if I want to pray most times, I, I want to choose early morning. And I found out that in early morning, sometimes when I'm waking up, my baby is stretching and following me, waking up with me. So what most of before I go to bed, I just try to ask God that in my sleep to speak to me. I believe, yeah. I just believe that the stillest time I will be is when, I was, when I'm asleep. And I know God speaks through dreams a lot to so direct your life and what's next. So most, these days, I just say, God, help me. Before, I always, before I'm doing my night's devotion, I'm going to bed, I will say, Father, please speak to me in my sleep. I don't believe that that's the stillest that time I will be. And that, has, since I started that by His grace, sometimes God just, as I wake up in the morning, I wake up the scripture. And i pray in line with that scripture and it helps me really good so talking about stillness you can ask god what can help you between your time please father this time I speak to me mostly in dreams now time i believe i'm still to hear from god talking about stillness before god praise the lord
0: amen thank you very much for sharing so with our sister she believes that in a time of stillness the lord speak to her true word dreams and what visions but most importantly true dreams and the Lord desires that we spend time with him so if we are not spending that time with him let's start cultivating that habit it could be just 10 minutes 15 minutes half an hour and before you realize Jesus took time out of his busy schedule to be alone with God we need to emulate that example Other than that, the world will keep piling things upon us, upon us, upon us, and we will end up not making time to be with the Lord. And if we don't make time to be with the Lord, we don't hear from him. And if we don't hear from him, we don't become like him in the situations that we find ourselves. Amen. So we'll wrap up, and then God willing, we'll pick up again next Tuesday. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this time. We just thank you for all the lessons we have learned, all the discussions we have had this evening. Lord, we thank you that your word does not return to you void, but it accomplished the purpose for which it's been sent. Thank you for reminding us about the virtue of stillness, the virtue of solitude, being alone with you. Help us, O God, that in this busy world, We will cultivate the habit, the discipline of spending time alone with you. I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever hurdles and challenges the enemy will bring our way. Thank you that you've already given us what it takes to overcome because we are more than overcomers. May you bless this evening, bless our going home, bless the rest of this week till we meet again, even in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful rest of your evening and see you all Sunday. Oh no, see you all Friday morning for our morning prayer at 6 a.m. on Zoom. Amen.